Ryan Lopez, we are back. We're back, man. I'm so excited it's Wednesday again. You are excited? Yeah, I'm excited anytime I get to talk to you. Well, obviously. I mean, that this, makes I sense. Think, I think this should be a good day for a, a refresher for the listeners as to yeah. how you and I know each other. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Ryan was stranded in a tree. Correct. And I climbed the tree with my left hand. Uh, only, only. The rest of my limbs mm-hmm. were busy rescuing Girl Scouts from a cookie fire. That's right. And I pulled you down. Yeah, I was standing up there like a little cat. Mm-hmm. Could, I, I got up there, but I couldn't get down. Little meow meow. Yeah, I was meowing. And then you saw me. Got me down. <laughs> That's not how we know each other. <laughs> no, we are brother-in-laws. Brother-in-laws because yeah. our wives, mm-hmm. they know each other. Yeah. Yeah. Since uh, they were babies. There was a picture that Kim Kardashian posted on Instagram of her and Courtney Kardashian. Mm-hmm. And Kim wrote, it's crazy in this life that we found each other. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody <laughs> responded and goes, wait, aren't you sisters? Yeah. That went like super viral. <laughs> so I guess they found out they were sisters later in life. Maybe they're like, oh, that's why you've been hanging out this whole time. <laughs> I've been wondering why you wouldn't leave. I thought it was weird. My parents let a two-year-old roommate like pay rent here. You know? <laughs> so yes, Ryan and I are uh, brothers-in-law, la- brother-in-laws, brothers-in-law. Brother- yeah, I don't know how to do the plural for- form of that. We're one of those brother-in-laws, bros and lows, and um, we uh, call each other sometimes to go. Mm-hmm. Does your wife do this also? Yep. And that's and how then we know usually each other. I respond with yes, yes, she does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I'm like, okay, cool. It's not yep. just you. See you on nope. the other side. Yeah. See. You. I'll see you later. We'll talk about the next time. We both have daughters who uh, were due one day apart. Mm-hmm. Born two weeks apart. Correct. Uh, my daughter was born first. Clearly, the superior one. The superior daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then I had a son two years later. Mm-hmm. And then you had another daughter. You had another that. daughter. I got oh. a house full of girls. You got a house full of girls. That's right. But you have a boy dog. I do have a boy dog, but oh. he kind of acts like a girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you would never know he was a boy because he's fluffy, cute, yeah. lays around. Everybody he, actually thinks he's a girl. He Everyone he's sitting around. down. And so there's that he, part also. He definitely does that. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen him lift his leg. Actually, you know what's funny? You know what <laughs> I said that as a joke, but now that I think of it, yeah. I've never seen your dog lift his it's leg. It's no wonder why anybody would think he was a girl. I've seen your daughter pee standing up more times than I've seen your yeah. dog. <laughs> yeah. She lifts her leg more often. <laughs> uh, you know what cracked me up? I, I, I was at Ryan's house last week. I visited him in the San Diego metro area. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that too close to saying your address? No. I have the coordinates. Um, okay. Yeah, drop them. <laughs> we'll put that uh, in the description. In your kid's treehouse, they have like a training potty up there. <laughs> yeah, so that's they're like, true. Yeah, you know what? I want to pee. Don't want to go yeah. downstairs. She brought that up there. The oldest one brought that up there because she wanted a potty in her house. Because she's like, you guys have one in our house. I want mine in my house. That makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, I can't say it's like the wrong way to look at things. Mm-mm. It's better I, than some, like you know, the go, other alternative. I like to go potty outdoors. It's nice. Mm-hmm. My wife always asks me, she's like, what are you? We, we have three bathrooms in this house. What are you doing? And I'm like... <laughs> I, I just think conserving water because that's something she cares about. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. In reality, I don't know. I'm looking to see if there's any recycling that I can do out here. It just feels right. Yeah. All right. Let's let's uh, let's get into today's episode. Yeah. Let's get into it. Well, we talked about peeing, but not pooping. So is that progress? I think it's progress. Good. This is a good one today. This is a good one. It yeah. is Royce Young was fantastic. He was great. Has uh has some pretty cool stories about, you know, basically spending his whole career reporting on basketball and yeah. I honestly Royce just Young living a, a living the American dream if you ask me. Royce Young is a writer for ESPN. Uh he currently writes uh, mostly about the Oklahoma City Thunder, rest in peace Sonics. Uh you can catch him on Twitter at Royce Young and he's a really 
good family man. Yeah. And I think his kids are a little older than ours. So he was like the ghost of Christmas future. That's right. We asked him some questions, but it was a really, it was a really nice chat. So uh, let's take a listen to Royce Lung and Roy, blah, 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 Royce Lung. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> All right. Check it out. How are you? I like your office setup. It looks very official. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we, I, gotta, we, I gotta do good for that Instagram account. What is it uh, where they evaluate everybody's uh, Zoom rooms or whatever, you know? Yeah, oh. it's terrifying. <laughs> I'm in the garage. I, I actually moved a ladder into the frame so I looked manlier than I am. <laughs> yeah. Just have like a DeWalt screwdriver uh, like uh, <laughs> drill sitting on, the, on it too. Yeah, I maybe have, we can get sponsored by this weed whacker. Hold that up the whole time. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a box cutter for if these interviews go poorly. But <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on, man. So glad yeah, to have you. You bet. You bet. Happy to be with y'all. Of course. Uh, so, are you uh, are you from Oklahoma? Do you live in Oklahoma, or do yep. you just write about Oklahoma? No, born and raised in Oklahoma. Uh, lived in Oklahoma my whole life. Went to the University of Oklahoma. So, yeah, Okie through and through. So how do you feel about Texas? I'm just kidding. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> my mom's from Texas and my that's where my grandma lives. So I I don't hate it quite as much as maybe I should, or at least I've yeah. been taught to. But it's okay. did you did your grandma live there when you were growing up? Mm-hmm. Big Spring, West Texas. Okay. So did you spend a lot of time down there? Yeah, we went down there quite a bit. Um uh my mom's sister lived there too. So it was like my grandma, grandpa, and my mom's sister live there. And so I was really close to my cousins. It was like, you know, about a seven hour drive. So we would, we would make our, our way down to West Texas, which is just like desolate. Yeah. It's just <laughs> flat, open, nothing. Huh? I mean, I don't know if you, if you know where I'm talking about, it's like Midland, Odessa. That mm-hmm. area, and it's uh, I've driven through it. It's tumbleweedy. It. I'll just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will say, I love how you say grandma and grandpa. Like so far, that's my favorite part of uh, of anything in my entire life, I think. Uh, <laughs> well, what's it's a, like my daughter being born, and then my <laughs> my first. I mean, Chipotle, and then how you say grandma and grandpa. That's is it. Is it unique to call them grandma, or grandpa, or something? No, it's just you say it with southern love, and it just oh. makes my yeah. heart happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Grandma, grandpa. I'm like, oh, those are good people right there. Like, <laughs> they're making Royce some sweet tea. That's, I like that's that. Right. Bring me an ice cream sandwich and apple slices. That's damn. Right. <laughs> okay. I had to. Talk to grandma that that's the way she was it's like you know if me and my cousin john we were sitting in there like playing like super smash brothers or something she'd like peek in you guys want some apple slices right no grandma we're okay and she'd come <laughs> back you guys want you, you want some apple slices no we're really okay three minutes later i brought you some apple slices yeah, you have <laughs> okay, thank you. that's how my grandma is not like if we go to her house she's like i gotta give you guys some stuff to go and i'm like no we're fine i'll be like i'm, I'm on a diet right now and she's like oh the wind could blow you away and i'm like she like, a, like a swadley's or something like here's your to-go drinks <laughs> <laughs> See, that would be, that's the grandma that i need to have yeah. like yeah. here's your long island in a sippy cup, <laughs> <I'm gonna be laughs> that's great uh do you do you have kids royce yep uh, i've got two little boys um uh six years old and two years old oh, okay so yeah, yeah we're you're we both have uh, i have a four and a two-year-old and ryan has a four and one-year-old so we're oh nice got mm-hmm. the, we're in the thick of it got the little ones that's right that's yeah. right my, my oldest is in kindergarten and then the youngest is he goes to like a church thing every now and then, but that's it. What's the, what's kindergarten like right now with COVID? Uh, he's getting to go. He's gone to school in person all year long, which has been great. It's really? Been, you know, yeah. And other, I should say other than like a three week stretch if in Oklahoma, we had uh, this crazy snowstormy, freezing weather situation and his, um, his uh wait am i frozen am i frozen or is that just no you're good it's just the Uh, weather you're talking about okay yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah the weather um but it it, it actually speaking of frozen froze the pipes in his classroom and so like the the pipes burst in his kindergarten classroom so he was like virtual school for like three weeks which was horrible i don't know how some parents have done this (laughs) all year long (laughs) it's crazy that that's what made him go virtual not the covid (laughs) lockdown it was just a bad day it was the pandemic of the fri- uh, uh, pipes freezing. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's gotten to go to school in person all year. And it's it's honestly gone great. Like the school's done a great job with like mitigation and yeah. there's been really no issues whatsoever. They have to wear masks. Mm-hmm. Yep. All the kids got to wear masks. It yeah. started out where I think it was like second grade and under 
didn't have to. I think it started. He did. My my son. It's, it's amazing how good kids are with it. Yeah, like yeah. they don't know yeah, any better. They don't that's care. what I'm supposed to do. I'll do it, and they don't. Yeah. They don't. Yeah, my daughter gets mad at me if we get out of the car, and I'm like, "You don't need your mask." She's like, "I need it. Yeah, I, I have know. to wear this." Kids are so cooperative, right. and they just don't gripe and complain the way that adults do. And uh, I, I treat my mask like a condom. I'm like, it'll be fine. I'll put it on <laughs> when I need to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You work oh, too because you're extra worried. <laughs> I forgot it. We can go without it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no, no, no. Don't worry. I already, I, I'm uh, clean. I had the shot or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My daughter, they have to wear masks if they're indoors, but not outdoors. But like, I mean, they're four years old. Like, they can't keep their masks on if their life depended on it. Like, well, like, we're, you know, I work for ESPN, so that's a Disney company. You know, like, okay. Yeah. So technically, a Disney employee. So we go to Disney World all the time because we get like perks of, of Disney. Oh, that's awesome. And so we're planning to go this summer like we normally do. We didn't get to go last year for obvious reasons, but we're planning to go this summer. And their rule is like two and un- or uh, uh, two and up have to wear a mask. So like technically my son who just turned two has to wear a mask. He's never yeah. put one on. He's never had to wear one. Yeah. But there's zero chance that kid's going to keep one on his face. You know, yeah. don't even he's going to have the chin strap mask. I know. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a miracle if he makes it like onto like, like the, front step of the park without taking it off and just choking it. <laughs> right. Maybe you can get him like a full like Spider-Man, like full head mask or something. And so yeah. Then... Yeah. Just put like an Iron Man, like plastic. Yeah. Mask there you go. <laughs> See now, now I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a mortal, mortal combat mask right. or something. I'm like... sure nobody's actually, that's a great entrepreneurial idea right there. How's somebody not thought of like, kids masks that look like superhero well on the business podcast with royce let's go ahead and start that company <laughs> exactly you be the backer for us and we'll do the designs it's actually a pretty good idea right there hey sharks yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was uh was navigating this whole time with having kids and i mean did it disrupt your work life or anything like that with having to with the whole pandemic and you know raising your kids right now oh yeah for sure i mean I, you know i think i've told a lot of people i think that in retrospect, I think we're all, especially every parent's going to look back on this. The ones that were fortunate enough to continue to work from home is we're going to feel like unbelievably blessed that in these like formative years that we got to spend so much time with our young yeah. children. And it was just like, got to be around them and see them grow up. And there wasn't like missing anything, but in the present moment, I don't always feel that way. <laughs> yeah. When <laughs> you I'm talk like, to a lot of parents, they don't feel that way sometimes. <laughs> right. They're like, get these kids to back to school. <laughs> like, I'm used to traveling a decent amount, going to cities for NBA games and stuff. And like, you know, I've gone on, you know, two or three trips total in the last year. Um, you know, they're in Oklahoma City. I can still we media can go to games. It's it's not the same experience whatsoever as media, but I can at least go to a game. But like I'm. I'm home so I, – I mean, I, I technically I work from home, but I'm home so much more than what I'm normally yeah. home. Right. And that's definitely been an adjustment. And it's – you know, there's obvious work frustrations that come with that. Um, you know, I don't work – I don't work well, especially when I'm working on like a big feature project or something. I don't do well at home because I'm a total FOMO dad where it's like – I hear anything going on. I hear like one kid laugh out there and I'm like, what's going on out there? You know, <laughs> what are you guys doing? What are you, guys doing? you shouldn't be having fun without me. Oh, you guys playing connect four again? Awesome. <laughs> like my turn. Or, or, or I hear him being just slightly difficult with my, with my wife, Carrie. And I'll be like, Oh, I, I feel guilty. I really should step out there and help. So like, if I'm going to get any productive work done, I have to go to like a coffee shop to do it. Yeah. And that's obviously not really all that possible right now. Yeah. So that's been a challenge. So did you, when you had kids and, you know, I guess it sounds like you used to be away from home more. Do you think that you'll try to like get back to being home a little bit um, more often, you know, now, now that you've had this experience? That's a good question. I think probably so. Um, It seems like I hear a lot of people say that. Yeah. I, you know, and I think that for me, like I grew up with my dad owned his own construction business. And so he was, you know, he was extremely busy, but he also kind of was able to create his own hours. So like he was at every baseball game that I ever played in, you know, and yeah. um, like, and, and so I've always kind of lived like wanting to do that same sort of thing of like not missing anything. And I have mm-hmm. the type of job where I operate a lot at night, which is like that doesn't really align all that well with like kids activities, especially as both of them grow up and they both start doing stuff and they both get busy. And so I've kind of, I've stressed about like, man, I want to be just like my dad where I'm at everything all the time. Um, Because like, like I remember that I'm 35 and like, it's very vivid to me. Like I had this, I had this memory um, of us playing when I was like a junior in high school of 
we were playing a baseball tournament in Fort Worth, Texas. And it was like, well, it, our first game was at 11 a.m. And so, you know, Mustang High School, we take the bus down there. And like we pull into this like parking lot to get ready for the game, like at, you know, nine o'clock in the morning. And like the parking lot is completely empty. And as, as we pull in and, you know, we have no expectation of anything. And I literally see my dad's truck sitting there. I had, <laughs> oh. And I'm like, and so like he got up and like, it was like drove to Fort Worth, which is like three and a half wow. hours away. Cause he was like, I'm going to go to his game. And like that, like sticks with me. And like, I want to do that same sort of stuff. So to yeah. answer your question, I get a little stressed thinking I've kind of gotten accustomed to being at everything. Like right, right. now my son's playing T-ball. I'm, he's got a game tonight. I'm going to beat it. Of course. I yeah. But once once work starts getting in the way again, that's going to be frustrating. Yeah, that's a weird a weird combination. Where oh, and also, I mean, I'm sure your job uh, has perks. I mean, like Disney World that you mentioned, you guys get right. to easily more easily go to. So then there's right. like like uh, that combination of I have to miss this, but we get to do this also. That if I had you know whatever other job, we may not have. Yeah, I mean, and and like, look, I would never complain about my job. It's a very cool job, um, for sure. And, and it, you know, there's a ton of flexibility, especially in the middle of the day, and you know, whatever it might be. Like, my dad never got to go on a field trip to the zoo because yeah, was yeah, day, and like he wasn't ever going to be there at that. And so, like, you know, I can do those sorts of things. So, I mean, it's a give and a take for everybody. Other than just like somehow being a stay-at-home dad, which is I would love to do. I don't know how I get to do that, but right. I don't like to do that. And still go to Disney World with all the birds. <laughs> right. right, exactly. Win-win situation. See, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be just a stay- – I'm a, I'm a stay-at-home dad. Like a not, I, I mostly work – I'm same as you. We're from home. Uh-huh. If they're causing too many problems for my wife, I step in. If they're causing even more problems, I leave. leave. <laughs> go to the garage and pretend to do stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I have a podcast interview. I, yeah. I gotta, I gotta fix up the oil on my Chevy. And she's like, you don't even have a Chevy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think that like the, you know, the work escape. I don't want to work 50 hours every single week, but I think right. I need something like oh, something besides yeah. kidding. No, for sure. I, I mean, I think just genetically, like men are just not like as capable of that for, for whatever reason. Yeah. Not as mama bear mentality is right. Whether it's a patience thing. I don't know. I don't know how to like put my finger on it, but uh, uh, moms just have more stamina. I think like, yeah, you know, my, my dadding uh, skills start to completely diminish and there's more and more time I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram, like the later (laughs) in the day I get, and it's like, all right, let's just get, uh, Let's get Ninjago on the TV or whatever. Here. <laughs> <laughs> let, dad, let dad sit down uh, for a little bit. It sounds like you took a lot from those memories that you had from your dad. So is there anything else you took from him as far as the way you raise your kids? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I look up to my dad immensely and, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I wrote my dad not to like be all uh, sappy about it, but like I, I'm a writer. So like I express myself well when I, I write notes but like i wrote my dad right when when uh, my first uh, born was about to be born just kind of telling him about how like i desperately want to like be a be a dad like he was to me and wow. and then i and and like and then my son's first birthday i, I wrote him another letter that was it was kind of amazing to me how you these kind of parental instincts come to you and i was realizing that like all those things of like, man, I don't know how to do these sorts of things and how am I going to figure it out? And it's so like, this is such an unknown world of being a parent. And you realize, man, I've been truly kind of prepared for this uh, through my own childhood and kind of employing those same sorts of things that your own father did for you. Um, And, and, you know, and like my dad would say, he would hope that I would learn from some of his mistakes I can't honestly think of too many where I was like, man, my dad kind of messed up there. (laughs) He really imparted on me was just, you know, my dad wasn't a huge like disciplinarian by any means, Mm -hmm. but he, he, he he balanced that line really well of like kind of encouraging my good behavior because I wanted to, I I wanted his respect and approval, but in like a very loving manner. Like I, I just did not want to disappoint my dad. I never wanted to let him down. And so that kind of just like, fostered good behavior from me it wasn't like i was like oh my gosh my dad's gonna whoop me if i get if i do this sort right. of thing. it was more of just like i i don't want to let my dad down because I, I know that he's trying he's trying to do right by me so i want to reciprocate that as best i can and i wasn't like a perfect kid or anything i mean i yeah. i got in plenty of trouble but uh but that's i've tried to kind of take that same sort of mentality of like you know, I don't know if, I, if it's a respect thing or if it's a love thing. If my children can just see that every every type of thing, whether it's discipline, whether it's um, 
you know, anything, if it's just done with just an attitude of love, I feel like that they will understand as they grow up that like my dad wants the best for me, no matter what. Sure. And that, that will just kind of encourage good behavior. At least that's what I hope for. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Was, was there a time you, you felt like you did really disappoint your dad that you were like, I do not want to feel this again. A time. (laughs) Uh, We got time, man. There was many, many times. I mean, you know, I, I, I got, you know, I didn't get in trouble in school, like per se. So I went to a private school up until I was like a sophomore in high school and, you know, they were a little stricter and like the trouble that I would get in was just like, I just couldn't shut up. I talked all the time mm-hmm. in class and I always thought I was the funniest guy in class. And so, you know, I would just get in trouble in those, in those ways. So I never really got in too much trouble that way. Um, but like, you know, I remember my friends and I, you know, we just did dumb kid things. We did this, my, this is like a long, I'll try to shorten <laughs> my friend when he lived in this neighborhood, when he was growing up, he buried like, uh, uh, a time capsule and he told oh, us about thank God it. you didn't say a body. It was like a time capsule. So we just like hatched this dumb kid idea when we were like juniors in high school of we're, let's go dig up cooks's uh, time capsule. And so like, we like hatched this, like, you know, Ocean's Eleven type of plan, <laughs> like not considering, and he did not live at this house anymore. By the way, <laughs> I was going to say, not considering <laughs> that you're breaking into someone's house to do so it. So we were like, it was in the backyard, and we thought it was like this foolproof plan. And so we like climbed a fence, and you know, it was more of just fun than anything else, like hatching out the plan. But um, like in retrospect, uh, especially after we got caught and got in trouble over it, like we were <laughs> in somebody's backyard in the middle of the night. Like, you know, that's a very dangerous thing. Yeah. You're lucky you didn't get shot. Exactly. <laughs> or the cops called on us or whatever. And that was one of those where, you know, you didn't get yelled at. My dad didn't really yell at me and he didn't even really like punish me, but it was just like the, the true understanding of like, you did a dumb thing. Yeah. And like, you know, you messed up, right? Is really disappointing to me. Mm. And it was, and like, that was like the worst punishment of all of like, oh, sure. I, I've got to mope around for two weeks knowing that like my dad is like shocked at my behavior. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like that, yeah. that's a bad feeling. I've already like started to see that in, like, in my daughter who's four. Like, if, if I, there's only been a couple of times where I'm like, she'll lie to me about something or, or whatever. And, and uh, you know, it's dumb probably, but there's been times I've been like, you know, Ava, that, that makes me really sad when you do that. Yeah. And I've like mm-hmm. seen her face be like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't like, I don't want you to be sad. I just wanted to have four more cookies when you weren't paying attention <laughs> or whatever, whatever it, it is, is. It is kind of fascinating how like different levels of discipline, like can take effect on kids, especially when you have multiple kids of like, even like with my two-year-old and just remembering of what my older son was like at two of like how, how, how things can be uh, effective in different ways with each kid. Like it's, it's it's very interesting whether some kids are more of like, I need to raise my voice a little bit to Mm -hmm. like, let's cause we, you know, we are very much not like raised voice people, but so we, we, I mean, you've been yelling at us for 20 minutes now. But like, you know, when you selectively do it, it like has that kind of impact that you hope it does. Yes. Yeah. You know? And so like my two year old, when he hears dad raise his voice, he's like, Oh, oh yeah. I think I've messed up really bad here. Right. You know, and yeah. we have a friend who yells at her son. Like that's the normal, that's the go-to, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. You know, Jason, yada, da, 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 Jason, right. da, da, da. and I'm like, he's never, he doesn't care. He's going to get hit by yeah. a car. Cause you're going to yell Jason and he's yeah. not, he's dulled by it. Yeah. yeah, we never want to be wanted to be the empty threat parents of like. Right. If you do that again, you're not going to play video games for two years. You hear right. me? <laughs> you know, like, you're not going to see the sun. <laughs> it's weird. One of the things I didn't anticipate was when I like were to call out like my daughter for doing something and say like how much that hurt me or how mad I was that she did that. When she gives me that face that looks like she's just totally like blown away by how upset I got at her, even though I didn't yell, I didn't do anything, but I just said something that made her kind of just her face drops. Like the amount that that affects me emotionally is hard. Like I can't imagine keeping that going and just being able to just ignore a kid and not immediately just want to hug her, you know? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) That's a great point because like there's, uh, you know, they're the ones getting disciplined, but I feel like I'm disciplining myself too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Like it's, a, it's a bizarre thing. Like I, I feel that 
all the time, especially as they get older and, and they, you know, they get a little more disrespectful and they get a little more um, rebellious, you know, and, and intentionally kind of rude to you as a parent. Cause like when they're younger, sure. there's like an, there's just an innocence to their behavior. That's always kind of uh, overlying everything. But as they get sure. older, there's kind of like this intention of like, yeah. I'm going to be a jerk. A little more malice. Yeah. Or especially when you see it like one sibling to another, when, you know, my, my oldest son adores his little brother, adores yeah. him, but he still is mean to him. Yeah. And so when you see him like the other night, like he pulled something Everett, Everett's the little one and he pulled something out of Everett's hands that he was playing with. And for some reason, just like put it up where he couldn't reach it. And like, we saw him <laughs> do it. Like, Why are you being a jerk? No reason at all. And like those, when you start seeing those sorts of things, you're like, Man, that that really kind of that hurts my heart to see you. Yeah, be totally. Did, how, when's your uh, two year old's birthday? Uh, he he turned two in uh, March, March fifth. Uh, March fifth. Okay, yeah. So my son turned two March twenty second. So I'm oh, nice. Uh, you're way more experienced with two year olds than I am. You got seventeen <laughs> days on me. But yeah. uh, <laughs> my son's at that at that age where, and I was reading about it, and it makes me sad a little bit to where where they want so much independence, they don't understand why they can't have it. Yeah, you know, mm. so he wants to climb in the car and buckle his own car seat up, and uh-huh. he's not totally capable of doing that, like, <laughs> or pour his own cereal and milk. And I'm like, dude, I love you, but I don't want to clean this shit up. Like, what's the pour his own cereal? Make it, it is amazing how stubborn they can be in thinking they're capable. Like, I remember, like, um, uh, we were just over at some friend's house, and there was like this little step down that was like a little uncomfortable for him to do. Yeah. And so I just tried to grab his hand because he had fallen down like three times doing it, like walking out their back door. Yeah. And he'd fallen down. So I was like, let me just grab your hand and help you. And he's like, get off me. Get off me. <laughs> My son goes, <laughs> self, self. He like steps yeah. back up it and like steps back. It's almost like he's like, F you, dad. You see? Yeah. <laughs> Jess is puffed out. What's up now, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I can do this step, you idiot. When now, you were not listening, Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead, Ryan. Oh, okay. I was going to say when, when you were kind of starting to do, you know, starting to experience parenting, did your dad ever give you any piece of advice from something that he learned? You know, um, you know, oh, yeah. did he write a letter back? That's no, yeah. My dad is definitely not a letter writer. <laughs> <laughs> he writes, Thanks dude. Yeah. <laughs> he just writes K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just draws an emoji and hands. Um, uh, I don't really remember anything that he really said to me. My, my, I remember when we first got married, and I think my, my dad's kind of like expression of advice was always to give me some sort of book. I don't know if you mm-hmm. hear, my, my hear him book. now. Uh, yeah, uh, dad has a rule <laughs> of like podcasting. It. We need to, yeah, <laughs> need to, uh, be quiet. But we get no, we get it, man. Um, <laughs> my dad's kind of expression of advice has always been to just kind of give me a book that he thought was really good like mm-hmm. when i when when i uh, on my wedding day he like gave me it was like it's like i have them in my office they're like 25 books you know and he like wrote like this is what this book was good for me and mm-hmm. i think he did that with uh like a couple um i think there's a book called bringing up boys that he gave me uh but that's pretty much all he did <laughs> and actually yeah. that's still really thoughtful though I can't attest yeah. that I actually read them. But. You're like, Dad, why did you give me a SEAL Team 6 book? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I want you to do with this. Yeah, exactly. Your kid's going to be top of the line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like uh, the Bible and 48 Marvel comics. And you're like, great. <laughs> I guess I'll, uh, I'll get through it. Thanks, Dad. He just gave me like Game of Thrones. and even- <laughs> He's this like, you're going to hide out in the bathroom and you're going to need something to read. Right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. This isn't for advice. This is just for you to just pretend like you're doing something. This is like a book within a book. Like it was like a advice book. And on the inside was like Harry Potter or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Like they cut, they cut out and like, yeah. died, like money or drugs. Say you don't read the, the parental advice book, but really just go. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to hear about Hogwarts. Yeah. Uh, were your parents together when you were growing up? Or are they are they mm-hmm. together now? Yep, uh, they've been married for forty uh, ish years. Um, oh wow! Uh, they they definitely had their issues growing up. I remember some pretty epic fights between my parents, but I, I remember like as uh, you know, they were like kind of like uh, opposing personalities at times. But like they they always um, made it very very clear. Of, you know, because as a kid, you're like, oh, no, are you going to get divorced? And it was like, no, that will never, ever happen. And they always made that like abundantly clear to us. And Mm -hmm. so in a lot of ways, their marriage has always been like this, like picture of perseverance uh, for me. Right. And and I've used it with some of my close friends that maybe have had uh, uh, 
marital problems at times of, you know, if there's just almost kind of a decision made between a husband and wife of like, we will figure out the way to maybe not have the most like loving marriage of all time, mm-hmm. but like to make sure that like we are, uh, you know, a, a team together that is raising children. Cause I have two brothers. And so like, we are going to like do this together for the betterment of the, the whole of everyone. Um, yeah. And your dad's probably like, I got my man cave kind of already set up the way I like it. So yeah, exactly. I really don't want to like rearrange that. Yeah. Your family only breeds boys though. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely think that's another aspect with COVID is that uh, is marriage. You know, you're around your spouse so much more often. And then uh, so then you have to deal with that. And then you guys deal with like, oh, we parent differently as far as this goes. Or you yeah. don't turn on SpongeBob that early in the day. OK. Right, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, there is always that like uh, in uh, I am the uh, I'm the softy. Like I'm, I, my wife, Carrie, she she was a, um, a teacher before she uh, before she became mom. And so she's kind of got the like disciplinarian gene to her and she, yeah. she, she can take the, like my kids mad at me much better than I can. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like the quick to give them what they want. Yep, same here. It's cause like, there's like this instinctual thing, especially with little boys where they just love their mom more. They just sure. do. And so I feel like as a dad, you're like starting from behind all the time. And so I'm, you know, yeah, you need a handicap. I feel like I gotta, <laughs> I gotta make up some ground somehow by like spoiling them a little bit. Um, She's like, I agree with you, but can you stop giving him Twinkies for breakfast every day? Because that's gonna mess his teeth up. <laughs> I know. That's what, like, uh, yeah. I, I try to, I try to close the gap a little bit. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, my, my wife and I, we were, we've been best friends for more than half our lives now. We got together as juniors in high school, and she's the only girlfriend I've ever had. Oh. And, Wow. We're, extre- we're extremely close. Like we are. Your whole life is beautiful so far. Yeah. Um, Dad's at all the games. And your wife's <laughs> yeah. best friend since high school. Yeah. And man, yeah. Royce is coming out here with yeah. just everything that we is, want to have. This is all a lie. This I'm just. <laughs> one of those, it was a fiction book that my dad gave yeah. me. That I'm just I'm stealing all. I'm stealing the entire plot. No, it's it's fantastic. That's fantastic to hear. And I think that. Uh, I think that that helps in your parenting too. If you guys are best friends, you know what I mean? Like, uh, have you, have you and your wife had any big conflicts as far, as far as parents go? Oh, for sure. Um, no doubt about it. I mean, there's, you know, she, she, like I said, she is like very, very comfortable with like punishment in terms of taking something Mm. away. And, you know, there's times where, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little, laxer on it like i want to give second and third chances a lot more and mm-hmm. you know sometimes you kind of have that look where you're trying to kind of disagree with the parenting move but you definitely don't want to do it from the kid, you know? yeah um but you're yeah. kind of like I, I think i think we should like, talk about this one that was kind of counting to three can we count to 68 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like i feel like that one was a little too harsh like can we try that again you know um you know, or like, you know, it's something that affects me where she's like, you can't go outside today. And it's like, but I was, we were going to go play catch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I don't want to be inside with them all day. Yeah. You're leaving. Like, that's not yeah. cool. <laughs> we have definitely, no, there's d- definitely been some, some disagreements uh, on, on parenting things. But I think that we, you know, w- when you have what is very clearly this, the, a common goal, which is mm-hmm. what we have, um, you know, I think those minor disagreements are pretty easy to work out. Yeah. Did you guys discuss any of that stuff before you actually had kids? Like how you would parent, what you guys, what your mantra is, I guess would be the way to say it. Yeah. I, I think that we probably had those types of discussions. You know, I know that there were some things that we like for sure said we don't want to do. And it was, some of it was, you know, things that maybe, maybe it was kind of, you asked earlier about mistakes that my parents made, but like maybe those like minor transgressions that they had where you're like, I just don't want to do that sort of thing. But a lot of that was, mm-hmm. we were probably kind of, pre-gaming for when they're teenagers and those types of things are a little more challenging. Um, but, you know, I think that the, the things that we kind of talked about was, you know, discipline, what's going to be our approach on discipline. Um, you know, we, we talked about like how we don't want to be empty threat parents. We don't want to raise our voice. You know, we don't want to be that type of family that, that is yelling across the house at each other. What, what do you want? Like, right. We like our number one thing for ourselves and for our kids is like kindness. We just want to emphasize kindness to everybody. Kindness as much as you can possibly project it to your brother, to your mom, to your dad, to your friends at school, to people you don't like, just like be kind through everything. So like that was kind of those moments are so beautiful. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) When you see your kid actually like employ that sort of mindset to someone, you're like, 
it's working. It's working. Yeah. Yeah. I know my the other day my daughter had had uh chips or something and she was like, "Here daddy, you can finish them." And I go, "Oh, are you full?" And she goes, "No, I just want to be nice." And I'm like, "Oh my god. <laughs> it's working." She knows how much I love Lays. And my wife's like, "Your dad can't have carbs right now, so I'll finish." Yeah. It. <laughs> Uh, I, I, the empty threat thing is, is real and a real conversation we had. And I did find myself for like two weeks, uh, threatening to throw toys away. Mm-hmm. And because I was just like losing, like nothing else I felt like was working and I was trying to positive parent and everything. And then finally I was like, all right, do this or Elsa is going in the garbage. <laughs> and, but then like all my daughter was like, there was some other like random thing I asked her to do where I was like, Hey babe, we're going to go take a bath now. And she goes, if I take a bath, are you going to throw any of my toys away if I don't do it right away? No, and I was okay. like, okay, I went too far. Like yeah. I, <laughs> I was, I was getting that quick result, which was nice, but I don't want that to stick with her, you know, to where she's in therapy in 20 years going, yeah, my dad just threw away everything I ever loved. Yeah, my dad threatened to kill the dog in front of me, and he did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I learned my lesson, but I'm yeah, alive. you don't want empty promises. Bring me that dog. No, yeah. he I told you. Yeah, so that's that was like a, a big like awakening moment. But it is so tough as a parent when you can't like my two year old does not care about no, right? And mm. I I don't know. I try. I raise my voice occasionally. Doesn't work. Try and re- I just have to try and redirect him or whatever. Um, but he gets very stubborn and it's, uh, we don't have a solution yet. This is yeah. new. <laughs> like I'm not, I don't have an end of the story. You, you brought up a good point that, that I, I hadn't really thought too much about, but I think dads are probably more guilty of it is kind of the instant parental gratification. You know, like mm. we all want instant gratification in so many areas, but I think, I think dads are a little more guilty of like, just do this so we can just, just in this next hour, things are better. Right. But like, and I think moms are a lot better at thinking long view of like, well, sure. like, let's think about like behavioral instincts over yeah. the long term. And I'm just like, no, I just want you to shape up and stand in line, stand still for like five minutes. That's all yeah. I need you to do. We just, need to get out of here. The Oklahoma game is starting. <laughs> right. right. We gotta I, go. Yeah. I just need you to lower your voice in this restaurant. That's all. Yeah. And I will literally yeah. like make a deal with you and on any level to just accomplish that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, all right, I got a fiddle, but here's the rule. <laughs> what do you guys, do you guys do? Uh, do they get phones or apps or whatever at, at restaurants? Um, you know, we definitely try to limit that. So you know, that's one thing as parents that we try to do a really good job of, because I think there are a lot of parents that judge other parents on those sorts mm-hmm. of things. They like look over like, you know, I got the kid on the iPad, yeah. but you don't know that family situation. Like that might For be sure. mom and dad's like only date night that they've had sure. in, in a month. They can't get a babysitter. Maybe they can't afford a babysitter. Dad and had a bad day at work. They, or mom talk to each other. they need to talk and, to each other. Yeah. So it's just like, give the kid the iPad. So like, I don't, I don't really ever worry too much about it. Um, we've actually, it's, it was a lot harder with one kid. Um, you felt a lot, uh, you would, find yourself handing over the phone or the iPad a lot more often. I feel like with one with two, I feel like they kind of entertain each other at least just enough. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. As long as they're not murdering each other. Right. Yeah. Right. As long as they're not putting stuff at higher shelves inside the restaurant. <laughs> you haven't had to do it much. And probably also because of two, because then you have them fighting over it. And, you know, they're not mm. one's watching something the other doesn't want to watch. And mm-hmm. so we haven't had to deal with that near as much. But like to any parent out there that's, that just says, here, just take my phone. Like, mm-hmm. No judgment here from me whatsoever. I, I think it's totally cool. Yeah, I mean, I think- have, oh, I, I have moments that I feel like I judge it. Like if I'm like if the like I'll see a kid at the park on their phone or whatever, and I'm like, you're at the park right now. Like go down right. the slide. Yeah. Oh, that's, or no, like that's- walking through a parking lot in Target. I'm like. Just get. Yeah. I've seen like teenage line. kids too, like sitting there with like AirPods in, and like their three kids all have AirPods and they're all on a phone, and like mm-hmm. mom and dad are just sitting there silently, and it's kind of <laughs> sad to me. I'm like, you're out together as a family, and like you guys are capable of behaving yourselves at a dinner table. Sure. <laughs> maybe, I mean, yeah. hopefully, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe they're not. <laughs> I picture yeah. maybe when you were a kid that you were maybe just journaling or writing because you said you were so into <laughs> writing growing up. Maybe that's how you had your little solo time. That's probably all I was doing at the dinner table. Yeah. Just a pen and pad and they would just, and I would just quietly yeah. go about my business writing. That was the, the, 90, that was the 90s version up, of uh, Yeah. Yeah. I well, do I remember. I grew up, uh, my parents weren't necessarily like, I shouldn't say poor or anything, but we didn't have enough money to go out to eat very often. So I don't think that they had that struggle with me very often. Yeah. 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 
I do remember my dad uh, pretty frequently to keep me busy at a restaurant. If they gave you like a scratch paper, like one of those kids games, just making me a maze and having me solve it. But I think it was just impossible to solve. So I just work on it for 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah, you just go work on that for a little while. We're just going to talk. Yeah, <laughs> your dad's like, I drew that with my left hand and I'm drunk right now. There's no way you're going to be able to solve that. Well, that's a crap shack. It's a mistake every parent makes. I remember like one time we did I spy to like distract my older son when he was like three or four and it, and it worked and it like got us through like while we were waiting for our food or whatever. And then it became, he wanted to do I spy every, like dad, I yeah. spy. And it was just like, Oh my gosh. Open Pandora's box of I spy. <laughs> oh, man, we have this game in the car where I, I'll reach my hand back and grab my daughter's foot and I'll go, why does your hand feel so funny? And she thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> But like my shoulder can only handle so much, you know what I mean? Right. And then you know, and she'll go, "Dad, grab my hand," and I'm like, "I don't want to play this game today. Yeah. I don't." Yeah, exactly. Once, once so. we we've uh, we kind of have this. Uh, my wife and I kind of have this like understood rule of don't rock the boat. Like, cause I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a little bit of an agitator as a dad. And like when the kid is like quietly playing that I've kind of wanted to like show him <laughs> something to like increase the like fun of the, you know, yeah, like, right. all we ever end up doing is just messing it up. <laughs> yeah. and, and now you're involved and now they want you to do something. So like, that's one thing that I've tried to learn as a dad is like when they're doing it on their own and they're quietly doing something, yep. let a sleeping dog lie. Yeah, totally. don't. That's I a do tough mistake to make because you're like, they're so cute right now. We should join them. And then five seconds later, you're like, oh, I don't actually want to do this. Like, yeah. <laughs> but you said that like with the car thing because like I'm so guilty of that they'll be sitting in their car seat just completely quiet, and I'll just be like, yeah. And now I'm now, <laughs> now we're playing that <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah, you just start singing songs to them and stuff. You're like down by the bay, and they're like, let's keep going. And you're like, I wanted to do it twice. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, why I started exactly. that. So uh, when, you, when, when you were a kid, did you decide that you wanted to be a writer and go down that path? Um, so I think that like kind of the moment that sort of sticks out to me was my junior year of high school. I remember writing, doing this creative writing project with my, uh, my English teacher, Mrs. Hammer. And she was very complimentary of the, something that I had written, I remember. And it kind of kicked into my mind of like, maybe that's something I could be good at because you know, when you're in your like junior, senior year of high school, it's, you're starting to think of like, what in the hell am I going to do with my life? Yeah. And, um, and so I kind of remember thinking that that was kind of something maybe I was good at. Cause I was definitely not good at math. Um, that was something. I was <laughs> and, and so like, I remember going my freshman year of college, I, my, my best friend was going to be my roommate. We went to like go declare our majors together and we were sitting there thinking like, you know, I was like, you know, kind of the writing thing. I think it was something maybe I'm good at. So something maybe in that field, mm -hmm. we were talking, we asked the counselor, like, which, which uh, major has the least amount of math in it? And she was like, <laughs> journalism? And I was like, yeah, I definitely want journalism. <laughs> what, he, what he meant was, uh, you said the least amount of numbers. He meant money. Least amount of money in it. Yeah, you, have the, you have the least amount of math to do with your life because <laughs> don't worry, you won't have to add up too many things in your bank account. Right. With journalism. Right. And were you were you always a sports a sports guy growing up? Like always in into that? Like yeah, how did you? Do you have a? I mean, you have an incredible job then. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like um, I've definitely always been into sports as long as I can ever remember. Played all the sports. Um, and so that was kind of, you know, a motivation for me is that, um, you know, to be a sports writer mean, meant that I could kind of remain around sports in a way while also doing the writing thing, which I really enjoy because, um, uh, I'm, I'm kind of creative at heart and I really like to sort of, uh, you know, it's almost therapeutic in a way to, to sit down and try to kind of creatively write something, come up yeah. with a hook and a angle and kind of think it through and what you can do with it. Um, I, I can't draw. So like that was, I couldn't do that. So I needed something else. I just said to Ryan today, I was like, man, I, I can't draw either, but I was for some reason was convinced I could make artistic pancakes. And so I was like, <laughs> my daughter was like, you want Peppa pig pancake? And then it was done. And I was like, I don't know what happened here, but it, Peppa's hiding under some dirt right now. She's yeah. playing hide and seek from Susie sheep. She kind of looks like a jellyfish right now. Uh, yeah. I was like, Oh man, that translates. My dad, um, he always cooked his Sunday morning pancakes uh, before he'd go to church. It was like a staple Sunday morning pancakes. And he always did them when we were little, he would do them Mickey mouse, you know? Yeah. Like, Classic. Was, uh, you know, pretty easy. It's like, you know, dump two here and then you know one big one down low and 
I always thought like he was a genius though. It's like, Mickey Mouse pancake. And so like at Disney World, they sell like the molds, like there are these rubber molds that like make a yeah. picture perfect Mickey. And so I'm gonna be sure to never tell my children that we have this mold so that they grow up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Costume. I had a I got a mold too though, and so and but then I like I pulled it too early and it was running. It was not a good pancake day <laughs> in the Norwest household. Uh, how were your parents when you said you wanted to like be a writer? Was that like did did they have what were their jobs for them? Were they did they have more? I feel like a writer is a very like uh, not guaranteed stable income, right? Like, necessarily. Uh, always unbelievably supportive of it. Yeah. Sure. Like, um, like I said, I didn't, we didn't grow up with much money. My dad, I was, I'm the first person in my entire family, like, um, not my, my father's side, my, my mom graduated college, but my dad's side, I'm the first person that ever uh, graduated college. So it was kind of amazing that I was going to college. I feel like it's how yeah. it felt like. And, um, so, you know, there was always just nothing but absolute support of like, whatever, whatever you want to do, like you do that. Um, but I my love dad, that. My dad uh, owned like a bricklaying construction company. And so he was like a manual labor. And that was kind of his only thing is like, I don't want you to do this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. For your whole life. Don't break your back. He understood how difficult it was. And I worked for him every summer when I was in college, I drove a forklift. I like, you know, like, so, I mean, I got a good taste of what that was like and I kind of enjoyed it in a way. And I think it's been beneficial to me as I've grown up. Um, of kind of understanding and like appreciating the ability to work indoors. Cause you know, you kind of grow up with this kind of macho. My dad was very macho to me because he could do everything. He worked outside, he'd come home dirty, um, wore boots to work. Right. So you'd kind of, kind of romanticize that sort of. It's like, a man. Um, mm-hmm. Every, every person that I worked with when I was in college doing it and my dad, it was like, you don't want to do this. So now that I'm old and like my body hurts and stuff, <laughs> I, I look at them and I'm like, how could you continue to do yeah. that? I'm so, yeah, it makes you're 35. Feel, I know. And, I mean, <laughs> some of those bricklayers were like 45, and I don't understand yeah. how they were doing that. So I, I really have an appreciation for for. And so that was kind of my dad's main thing of like, do something where you don't have to do what I do. It doesn't yeah. matter if it makes you a lot of money or not. Um, and my parents were very helpful with college. They, you know, I wasn't smart enough to have scholarships or anything. So um, they they were super supportive of it. That's awesome. so great. Have you have there been things from? Um, I mean, obviously, like, uh, have you always been a basketball? I mean, how long have you been doing basketball writing? Has that been like the? Yeah, it's been the only thing professionally. That's the only thing I've ever done, really. So, uh, have really? there been things you you've got from watching so much basketball that have led into your parenting? Oh, good question. Um, I think that, like, you know, I mean, some of it is kind of re- the the value of relationships with people, and mm. and like, you know, the NBA is obviously an unbelievably diverse. Uh, profession, you know, the people that mm-hmm. you're around. And I think it's really kind of uh, made me appreciate just like the diverse perspectives people have. And so I've tried to kind of impart that sort of uh, mindset onto my kids and to in, into my parenting, but also just, you know, you, you see a lot of different backgrounds that people have. And, you know, as a, as a writer, uh, you know, I write a lot of feature stories. And so you kind of try to dig into their upbringing and their childhood and where they came right. from. And, and so, you know, I hear a lot of difficult stories that a lot of players might have had where they grew up or what they might have dealt with growing up. And so, you know, I think that that also kind of brings out that level of appreciation. And also you see some of these guys and and maybe what they had to deal with when they were younger and what they've done to try to kind of overcome that. And then also, you know, create a better life for their own families. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, the amount of um, respect and admiration you have for other people, it kind of sometimes really humbles you as a parent that, you know, I've kind of had it. I've kind of had an easy, you know, cakewalk to parent. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think that there, there's kind of a, a, a real value in kind of understanding some of those other backgrounds. Yeah, it, it is amazing. I've watched like that Last Chance University, the basketball mm-hmm. thing on Netflix and all these kids from East LA college who a lot of them were like had scholarships, but they couldn't pass their basic class to even get right. take it take advantage of that and you they just go into a little bit of where they come from and their background and you just see like a lot of potential with some of these kids who just need to get out of this area or this situation that they're in to be successful mm-hmm. but they just keep getting dragged down the wrong path they keep getting sucked into you know maybe hanging out with the wrong people or just not doing their homework and they have you know six offers from yeah. great schools but they just didn't finish their one summer semester to get into it and it's yeah. It's heartbreaking. It's amazing that people even make it out while trying to commit full time going yeah. down that. I mean, I, I did this story about this guy. It's one of my favorite stories I've ever written. His name is James on Curry. He played at Oklahoma state 
and kind of the hook to the story is he has the shortest career in NBA history. He played for 3.9 seconds total. That's it. Played Whoa. at the end of the third quarter for 3.9 seconds. He never played again. And so it's kind of like a field of dreams. Moonlight Graham was kind of the idea. Yeah. Like he was the Moonlight Graham of, of the NBA. And so I tracked down James on it. Turned out that he wasn't that far away f- from me. He's from North Carolina, but he's actually living like out in a suburb of Enid, Oklahoma called Drummond, this really small kind of dusty yeah. town. So I, I spent a couple days with James on a couple summers ago. And it was kind of that same sort of story of just like he made a mistake when he was in high school that, mm-hmm. that, uh, he was uh, caught selling just a, a small amount of drugs and that, and they got, he was a five-star recruit to North Carolina, going to go play for Roy Williams. He was the leading scorer. He broke, broke Michael Jordan's high school scoring record in North Carolina. Wow. Big time deal. And you know, that like one little mistake that he made, he got a scholarship pulled from North Carolina, ended up at Oklahoma state, had a decent career there, but it was all just kind of, it was this difficult, like challenging life that he was now kind of involved in from that point mm-hmm. on. And to see him go from what he dealt with and some of the roadblocks that he'd had to now he's got, I think he's got three kids and he's a great dad. He's a committed husband. He's actually out in Drummond training kids. Like that's what he does is he like, he's a private basketball coach and he trains kids out there. And it's like seeing that sort of story. Like that's one of those inspirational things where I come home and I want to be a better dad. You know, right. That (laughs) seems like such a cool thing to be able to highlight in people, you know, because because of your journalism background, your ability to like dig in and get connected to people who probably don't get their story told. Mm-hmm. It, it has to be amazing. Some of the things you find out about some of these people, huh? Oh, for sure. And, and you know, obviously some people are better at sharing their stories with you than others. And I've, I, you know, I found that a guy like James on where, you know, he's, he's just kind of living his own life. You know, he was very transparent, very honest about his mistakes and things mm-hmm. that I'm, do better with and you know current professional players they like they aren't so transparent with you sometimes and so as a reporter right. it's kind of like you try to peel those layers back to get a little bit behind it to, to understand. yeah it must be tough not to just get a cookie cutter answer to almost everything that anybody's <laughs> asking them i mean it's i feel like the end of any game whenever there's like a i'm just know, here so i don't get court. fined yeah, yeah exactly. side of the court interview yeah marshawn lynch <laughs> i'm just here so they don't find me but, you know, hey, how was the game? What was the biggest turning point? And it's just like, yeah, how many times do we have to go through this? Got it, got it. But being able to oh, dig I in. Really, and see, I really yeah. like those kind of more personal stories. For sure. Totally. My job, it includes all that, all levels of that stuff. So I definitely have to cover the games and the games are important. But I really do enjoy the kind of like, you know, you go a level deeper because, I mean, Lord knows I dealt with one of the most difficult athletes there is in Russell Westbrook for a long time. So <laughs> even, even, even the king of the, uh, I'm here. So I don't get fine type of mentality. I mean, if your job was tough, imagine the person who had to help him find clothes to wear. I mean, that's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have a favorite, a favorite uh, player on a, on a personal level, either from just dealing with them or their, their story really stuck to you? Um, yeah, I mean, I really, did enjoy being around Russell a lot. I got along with him pretty well. And, you know, speaking of parenting, I mean, he's a great dad. He, that's the number one thing me and him would ever talk about off to the side is I love watching him play. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's one of the most fascinating players. He's yeah. so polarizing. I feel like, I feel like he was always just perpetually interesting to me in so many ways, but I really, really connected well with him off the court. I feel like, um, Nick Collison was a guy that I got along with really well because he was just really personable and thoughtful. Yeah. Really. And it, a lot of times it's just the players that seem to kind of have a better grasp of what your role in media is mm-hmm. that, that you can, you know, the guy, that they don't see you so much as like this, this enemy uh, or this gotcha person that where we're just there just because we're here to tell, you know, watch and cover the games that you're, you're playing in. We're not necessarily yeah. trying to screw you here. And uh, yeah. so the players that kind of had that type of mentality, I often, found myself connecting with really well. Have you had a player get mad at you for something you've written? Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can only imagine. I, I, I had, when I was uh, early on in my career, I remember I had a PR person pull me aside and was like, cautioned me not to go in the locker room or, or I don't know if it was not going to the locker room or just not go to a certain side of the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> Perkins was really mad at me over something I had written. Oh, really? <laughs> and it was like, oh, it was like Perk is really upset with you. Like, <laughs> the funny thing is, is like Perk and I are friends now. Like I, Perk has been one of the players that I got closest with over time. And Perk is an absolute teddy bear. He's like one of the best guys uh, yeah. ever covered, but uh, he was very upset. I And what I, apparently what I wrote that made him very upset is that, during before a game, I, I just like back when I was kind of more of a blogger, I would kind of compile 
compiled like a bunch of notes of like just kind of random observations of uh, things that like were kind of happening um, off to the side that maybe people would care about. And so I like put in there that Perk was like sitting down at his locker before the game, like 60 minutes before tip off, eating a huge plate of spaghetti. <laughs> I just found it really funny. <laughs> he was like eating his like plate of spaghetti. And um, apparently he got very upset that I included that. And I think what it was is that he was supposed to be on a very strict, like nutritional diet. Right. Thing. Basically <laughs> yeah. I like outed him and it's I got spaghetti factory getting delivered. <laughs> and you outed him. Very upset about that. That's really funny. There are, there are times that that happens. You're like doing something so like seemingly innocent mm-hmm. and, but you're like, I didn't know. I'm sorry. Most of the mistakes I've made on that front, have been completely unintentional where you just don't necessarily recognize the ramifications or how somebody might interpret what you put, you know, sure. what you wrote. There's been times where I, I did know that like, this is going to upset a player. I mean, uh, Kevin Durant got very job. mad at me when, when he left the thunder and I kind of wrote the story of like how that came about and he was not mm-hmm. happy, about it. but it was just the truth. And even he acknowledged that it's just the truth, but he seems to be beefing with people on the regular though. Right. I'm so, I mean, you know. yeah. At the time I felt bad about it because <laughs> oh I had a really God, good man. relationship with yeah. Kevin and I knew that it was going to forever be different after that. But like, you know, that's my job is at the end of the day to tell the truth. Right. So like I, I, I was able to sleep at night over that one. For sure. Uh, yeah. We, uh, I so I'm from Seattle originally. So you have you Sorry. have my basketball team. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm on the side. I'm on the side that like loves the Thunder, though. I mean, I, I have a business in Oklahoma okay. now, which helps. But also, like to me, that's the closest thing I ha- that that was my team. Like we, you know, we we drafted KD. I followed Kate. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. so, I didn't I didn't have a problem with it. Um, but now I have. Michael Rappaport booked to perform at one of the clubs <laughs> and I have Kevin yeah. Durant him be heavy. And it's like so funny. Just what, like, I'm obviously I'm not enough involved in any of that. Like I just, you know, do my little part. Uh, but watching like these different worlds collide is so interesting to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. I mean, there's a, the NBA is all about beef, man. Like that's yeah. <laughs> beef good in the NBA. So yeah. Were you, were you at the uh, MVP ceremony for the, for Kevin? For, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was there. It was a it was awesome awesome event and Kevin did a great job with it and uh, yeah I do love those stories I do I do love the stories of the you know of uh, seeing the mom on the sideline for everything because yeah. you know because that's what I want for my wife or for me if my you know in in whatever my kids do right you know what I mean if if they're if they become accountants like I want them to still care about us being in their lives yeah for sure and. You know, and Kevin would tell you firsthand that like family issues have been something that he's dealt with throughout his whole life. And he's had falling out with his mom or his dad and or brother or whatever. And like, but, you know, reconciliation is extremely important. And you know, that's the sort of thing that he's kind of dealt with his whole life. And so, uh, you know, I know for him, that was always something that was like really, really important to him was to have his family Mm-hmm. Uh, as close to him as possible and like you know again like russell westbrook was a very very family oriented play uh person his mom and dad were at most games and so you know when you see when you see that sort of support for players and like you know i was actually i uh for espn recently i i they sent me down because i, I i've had both uh shots i was vaccinated so they were like you yeah. can try <laughs> and, and so, uh, they uh, asked me to go to the uh ncaa women's tournament in san antonio and so I went down there and I was covering it and they, they didn't allow any fans in the um, Alamo dome, yeah. but, but they would allow family members. And so it was like this really, really like adorable, endearing experience to like watch these games. And like, there's a hundred people total in this cavernous dome. Yeah. But yeah. the hundred people are the family members, the moms, the dads, the brothers, the sisters of these players on the court. And like I watched, I, I'm trying to remember the game, Texas A&M versus Iowa State. It was like this very close overtime game. And like just like the way that the, the and like just watching the parents just like, like sweat and die sure. over every little thing in that game, just knowing that it was only them there watching their kids on the, on the court. Like that was really, that what was an really, experience really cool to me. That was almost more cool yeah. than the games themselves. Just watching for sure. <laughs> you just have like a, like seven page article about like <laughs> someone's dad <laughs> and he someone's dad, like, what shirt he was wearing. He was eating, yeah. a, he was eating, eating a Snickers bar right before the game started. <laughs> he had a plate of spaghetti. <laughs> plate of spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, all right, Royce, this is good, but <laughs> you watch any of the basketball. 
the overtime game winner is kind of the story here. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you'll you'll stick with uh, mainly basketball writing and kind of exploring that part of your profession, or do you think you'll you know branch out into anything else? Um, I don't know. I think I think that the NBA is. I really really like the NBA just because it's uh, it's really diverse. It's really um, the the storylines are just constantly there. It's really dramatic. Uh, I just person, got Ryan into basketball. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. recently I mean, started watching it like on a consistent basis. So like, I mean, the games themselves, I mean, I love, I love the NBA and I love the, the games themselves, but there is just kind of like a reality show element to the NBA. If you really dig in and start following it, mm-hmm. whether it's you know, trade rumor stuff or just kind of mm-hmm. player beefs or um, whatever it might be there, there's always just kind of, it's just got this element of drama that I don't mm-hmm. know that other sports really necessarily have. Uh, it can, you know, it can really kind of like the transactional fever that comes with the NBA of like players, rumors, are they going there? Are they joining up with this team? Are sure. they that? And that sort of stuff drives me crazy as a reporter to follow that stuff. But it's also what makes the NBA really, really fun is that you've got mm-hmm. this kind of random Tuesday night matchup, but here's the backstory of the match. Sure. You know, this yeah. player is this player type thing. So I, I really kind of find myself kind of just pulled to the NBA. I grew up a baseball fan. Like baseball was my number one sport. It's what I played uh, the best and and yeah. liked the most. Uh, but I think I think I'd probably stick with basketball. Who's your pro baseball team? I'm a Cubs fan. I'm the a, Cubs? Yeah. But you know, you always have to anytime you say a popular team like that, like you feel like you have to kind of like validate your <laughs> you just I'm a, alienated I'm a half of Chicago. <laughs> I grew up a Cowboys fan and so like I have to I'm like I was seven and they were good. So I don't yeah. <laughs> for me it was like I grew up in Oklahoma and uh you know it you couldn't watch any team in Oklahoma uh except for the Atlanta Braves or the Chicago Cubs because you could watch them on TBS or WGN. And so the Cubs had Ryan Sandberg, who I thought was super, super cool. And they had Andre Dawson, whose nickname was the Hawk, which was awesome. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and then as, as I kind of grew up, they had um, Kerry Woods' twenty strikeout game was like the moment where I was like, I am a fan of this team, and because I fell in love with Kerry Woods, so yeah. I've been a Cubs fan for a long time. Awesome. It. Uh, Royce, we are out of time, but I have, t- I have two things for you before you go. Uh, first yeah. of all, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah, you. My pleasure. I don't Super get to do podcasts like this very often. This is fun. Uh, we mm-hmm. love it. And it's, I also like that, like, uh, your, some of your favorite stories to do are the behind the scenes of people. And now mm-hmm. we're kind of asking you those, those questions. So it's, which is, it, yeah, it's exactly kind of what we want to know about you. <laughs> we want to know behind the scenes, uh, kind of what makes you tick everything, sure. you know, that leading up to that. So thanks for sharing all that stuff with well, us. It's all been a lie. It's all. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. The brand manager told me to say <laughs> The green screen's going to fall from behind you right now. Yeah. It's just, a, there's just a bar behind him and it's probably Jaeger. Somebody's been in my ear the whole time telling me. <laughs> uh, do you, oh, uh, before I ask these two things, do you, do you have a favorite overall basketball story? I, I feel like if I don't ask an NBA writer that question, what do you mean? Favorite story? Like favorite story I've done or favorite story? Anything favorite st- favorite thing you've seen favorite ex- oh, how about this favorite uh, experience you've had oh man with someone or thing you've seen or I've been yeah. a, I've I've had the unbelievable privilege of being at some of like the best moments in the last twenty years in NBA history like I was at Game Six when Ray Allen hit the shot in Miami mm. to force Game Seven against the San Antonio Spurs like I was at that game mm. um, I saw I was I was five feet away from Steph Curry when he hit the like half court shot to beat OKC. Um, uh, I was, I mean, I, that whole, then the, the playoff series that they played uh, was, you know, unbelievable. The Warriors Thunder game six and what happened in between them. And then of course I was in the building uh, when the NBA shut down, Rudy Gobert test positive for the coronavirus and like yeah, yeah. covering that for sports center um so i mean i don't know if like i don't know if that one qualifies as favorite but that's definitely <laughs> memorable. Memorable. i mean I've, yeah. I've seen some like i mean it's almost too many to count when when you cover something like the rise of the thunder with what they had with kevin durant russell westbrook james harden i mean like the yeah the the, the moments are almost serge Ibaka. that is an incredible team yeah uh all right what is uh what is your favorite dad joke royce um, I think my favorite dad joke is a, it's a pretty cliche one, but I actually told it to my wife a little, a little earlier and we both like busted up laughing cause it's so <laughs> simple, but it's basically like, Hey dad, I'm hungry. Hey hungry. I'm dad. Yeah. <laughs> <That one laughs> it's just like so simple, but so funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've done that. I started doing it to my daughter recently and she's like, no, that's not what I mean. Oh, that, one's, that, one's funny. that one's funny every time to me. Nailing it. 
and uh, we let all of our guests name their episode. So name what? Episode. Uh, what would you like to call the episode of this podcast? Plate of spaghetti. I don't know. Plate of spaghetti. Uh, <laughs> that's perfect. That's um, perfect. Uh, I don't know. I, no, that's it. That's it. That's perfect. That's yeah. what I'll go with, I guess. Huh? I love it. Uh, awesome, Royce. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on. We'll uh, we'll send you when this comes out. Okay, man. That you guys, this was great. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks it. for talking to us, man. Later. That was Royce Young, everybody. Yeah, it was. <laughs> thanks for. <laughs> that'd be weird if now is when you start arguing with me. Yeah. I'm like, that was Royce Young, everybody, and you're like, that was Tim Tebow. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see oh, Tim Tebow is coming Tebow. back? By the way. Yeah, didn't he just he, get signed? Somewhere? He got a one-year tight end contract to Jacksonville, which that's I was like, that's awesome. And then I read an article that was like, it's a one in fifteen team. They're gonna sell more jerseys than they're paying him. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, he'll oh. catch a pass. Maybe he'll make a speech. Sell some <laughs> jerseys. The upside, yeah, he'll, bab- <laughs> he'll baptize some rookies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see it happen. Yeah, I think it'll be cool. People make fun of him, but. Even if Tim Tebow tackled you one time, you would die. Like, let's be real. He's a beast. He's a beast. Yeah. A very handsome beast. A handsome beast. He's like and beast from Beauty and the Beast, but after he became a prince again. Yeah. He's been a prince the whole time. <laughs> he never got beastly. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool to see someone like his, you know, his commitment to sports. Like that guy's never taken no for an answer a day in his life. It seems like. Like can't do uh, football, try baseball. Can't yeah. do baseball. Go back to being a tight end, I guess. And th- he was an announcer for college football in between. Oh, that's right. Yeah. See, this is the that's sports talk on Raising Dads after the Royce Young sports writer. At Royce Young. Follow, subscribe. Follow us, though, first. We're more yep. important. No offense, Royce. Leave a review. Bye. Five, star- five stars. Five star. Mom's mad. So for daddy. What the heck? Thank you. Bye. Subscribe and download. Subscribe and download. Thank you, people. Where you, Dad?